Words of Jesus, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Good deeds, again, faith is invisible but can always be seen. Paul said this, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. Good works are important, done in Jesus' name, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to demonstrate God's grace in a very tangible way so that others might glorify God in heaven. Wow. And so at this point, uh, we're just going to kind of open it up for some testimonies of perhaps uh, what you saw, what you did, the impact that it had, and um, be thinking about that. I ask that you kind of keep your testimony brief so we can allow others to share. But let's get started. Okay. Who would like to start us off? Don, Gandhi, good. Thank you. Come on up, Don. I probably should hang on to the mic or we're never going home. <laughs> Plus, we have a potluck, so we got to. Okay. Can you say hi to Don? Uh, Don was a part of the jail team, and uh, last Sunday evening at home group, this guy was just lit up. He was so excited about what had happened in faith and action last Sunday morning. Don, tell us about it. Yeah, um, first of all, I'd like to acknowledge each and every person that was there with me. Steve, would you stand? Dan? Is Tom here? Right on, Tom. Um, let me see. Who else was there? Al? Can't forget Al. He's the man. I believe Chris, Chris, definitely Chris. Um, these guys, when we walked into the jail, it wasn't, uh, you know, I was de- delegated as the leader, but we all allowed the Holy Spirit to lead. Am I right? We saw lives changed and transformed right before our eyes. Uh, is Joe here? John, I mean, John did an altar call. Or what he, it wasn't an altar call. What it was is he, he had... He had 12 inmates, and he had each one of them stand and recognize Jesus and acknowledge him as their Lord. And and he he said, who wants to stand? And they all stood. It was amazing. The worship was amazing. We felt the Holy Spirit from the time we walked in until the time I left. Am I right, guys? Now, I would give the mic to each one of you guys, but I can tell we're probably wanting to uh, spread this out a little bit. But I want you to know that my wife said to me, and I want to say this to each one of you guys. She said she's never been involved with anything that she said that felt so natural. Each one of us allowed the spirit to move in us. It was like a domino effect. And each time the domino was, was, was failed, the power in the house got stronger. And, the, and the, the heads in the room kept nodding. Am I right, Al? It got to the point where people didn't even want to go home. I mean, go back to their cell. Now, I mean, I understand that, but maybe they had to go eat. They didn't even want to go eat. How many times did they say to us, don't stop, we don't want to leave? Because they knew that the things we were speaking to them was powerful. We were talking to them. My wife was with me, and my wife goes, you guys can sit down. My, um, (laughs) my My wife is the kind of person that when she goes with us, um, because of my past and, 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 and the way I minister when I talk to the people, I don't talk to them like, uh, like it's them and us. I talk to them 
Like, I'm one of them. It's just that I never got caught. Mm. Mm. So when my wife walks in, she represents the wives. She represents the, the girlfriends that's left on the outside. She represents the, the mothers, and she represents the sisters, the people that were hurt, that, that when these guys go into jail, those are the people that, that she represented the people that, they, that, that, that was left on the outside who had to deal with life with the children. And my wife would talk to them, and she shared with them in such an open and honest way. And sometimes I had to tell her, oh, my gosh, don't tell them everything, you know. Cause I, <laughs> I mean, she would just, am I right? Al was going to pop me upside the head when he heard some of the stuff. He was like, oh, you know, I said, Terry, please. Um, but the thing is, is that they were able to relate to us. We weren't just Christians who came in there who was all clean on the outside, who pretend like we never had an issue in our lives. They looked at us and they knew that we had been redeemed, that we had been pulled from the flat fire. They knew that who we was and what, who, what we was asking them to do came with the cost and that if they paid, if they allowed that cost to take place in their lives, it would change them and they would be renewed. You see, me and Al and, and, and Dan and Steve and, and Tom, we didn't look like we had been just jail bait our whole lives. We looked like transformed people. And that's what we wanted them to see. So it was a powerful experience. My wife says to me, she said, Donnie, I want to do that again. And, I, and, and, and even before we, right before we left, one of the guys, a couple of guys says, where is your church? He, I really want to know where you guys are located. Because they, there was something that was expressed that they wanted more of. And one of the brothers said, it's that church that looks like a racquetball court from the highway. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I just want to let you know, thank you so much. It was a, it was, hey, hey guys, we got blessed. Am I right? It wasn't just them. It wasn't just them. Trust me. We got blessed. Thank you, Pastor. Good, good. Thank you, Don. Great. Some other stories that we need to hear to encourage one another. Yes, good. And why don't you introduce yourself, because a lot of people I will. being newer. Come on up. My name is Helena, mm -hmm. and if you remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about leaning into the fear, so now you're watching me lean into the fear in real lifetime. <laughs> and this morning I said, I'm going to faint, I'm going to pass out. I told my dad I think I'm going into AFib. And my daughter, though, she gave me words of encouragement. She said, Mom, everybody there is a professional speaker. So <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> at least I don't have to sing. So I wrote down the words that God laid on my heart to say because otherwise I will become like a deer in the headlights and I will flee for my very life. Um, my remarks are on the human trafficking prayer walk. Along with several others, I was part of the human trafficking prayer walk. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Comes from Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. So we were confident that God was walking with us. We started at the Sheboygan County Health and Human Services building. And we walked in the cold, gloomy rain to various places downtown that were central to sex trafficking. Motels, the bus terminal, Mead Public Library. We joined hands, bowed our heads, and prayed. 
We prayed for the victims and perpetrators alike. We prayed that God would break the chain of low self-esteem and drugs. We also stopped to pray at places where God has his hard-working helpers in place. The Salvation Army, Anchors of Hope Women's Clinic. There is something powerful when you leave the safe four walls of your church building, a warm place where you often find yourself praying only for yourself, your family, your friends. We left the safety of Southside. We were cold, hungry, and disheveled. Not unlike the precious people we were praying powerfully for. A highlight was when we were about to leave the Salvation Army, and I think it was a lieutenant. The lieutenant there said, I'm so glad you're here. Satan is throwing a lot of wrenches into our morning. They were planning a special worship service. We immediately stopped, laid hands on the lieutenant, and prayed over him. There are many things I don't understand. I don't understand why a little girl would have to suffer the pain of sexual assault. I don't understand why a 10-year-old boy would be taught by his own pimp father that selling vulnerable human beings is a great career choice. I don't understand why a man, a respected man, would buy a human being taking his pleasure at the expense of another's joy. I don't understand why God allows suffering. I don't understand why he trusts broken people like you and me to rescue them. But I do know this. God views suffering differently. The women and men being used are, and even the users are every bit as precious to him. And their every bit is blessed. And he wants us to work alongside him to rescue his children. But without prayer, we are useless. Prayer must be the fuel that drives the machine of action. And Jesus taught us how to pray. And speaking off the cuff, I chose this necklace this morning. It's a butterfly that my husband gave me. It's a special symbol to me. And my message is for those of you who are the victims, those who are victimizing others. You may look around and you wonder, why didn't God create me into that beautiful person, that richer person, that better looking person, that person who seems to have it all together? And, and you look in the mirror and you see a worm. And just when you think things couldn't get worse, they get worse. And you're in a tight spot. And it's dark. There's no light. And you can't see. And it takes time. A lot of time. But one day, you'll be out of that tight spot. And it'll be light. And you're looking, you'll look in the mirror, and you're going to see what God really had in store for you. And you're going to spread your wings. And you're going to fly. 
Thank you. Thank you, Helena. That took a lot of courage and a lot of faith put into action last week and this week. I love it when God stretches people. <sighs> Wonderful words. Good. Good. Wow. Who else? Hey, Mary Ellen. Um, I really like to be outside and enjoy you guys. Well, no, you didn't have good weather last weekend. Mm -mm. <laughs> we were inside, and um, I had an awesome group. Pastor John comes, quickly writes five, six, seven, eight letters in two minutes, and is gone. You know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we wrote to the, the prisoners, the young teen, the boys, the girls, the men, the older men and the women. And... Um, uh, the group was Todd, Nicole, Sandy, Cheryl, Dan. I have to write this down because I forget names. Evelyn, Corinne, Sarah, Sue, and Amanda. And um, to me, when I did this the first time three years ago, it's like I love to write letters. I love to write cards. To me, it's a natural thing. But to sit down and to write to someone that you don't know who you're writing to, mm -hmm. Hi. How's your day? <laughs> that sometimes doesn't make sense. So this whole group sat down and they wrote. Mm -hmm. And uh, we put out about 44 letters, 45 letters. And the chaplain goes through them and distributes them. But as we tell, you just sit and you start writing. And God starts mm -hmm. through the power of the Holy Spirit, works through your soul and out your fingertips. And um, if I can encourage anybody to just write a letter and somehow give it to the chaplain over there, it works. It's beautiful. How many here are just love to receive? There's something, you know, you can do email, you can do texting, you can do that, but to pick up a piece of paper, a card, and you can look back at it again, or you can put it on your computer and you can look at it. So got a fan club waving at me there. No, that, that's my granddaughter. She's waving at you. Okay, I'm humbled, I'm humbled. That's okay. Anyway, so it was really neat. It was great, and I thank everybody. And um, I dropped him off on Friday. Great. The year before when I dropped him off, the place was closed. And it was the freakiest because I saw this ringer, and I got myself buzzed in. Mm -hmm. yep. I walked in. There's a chained... Um, desk and this voice put it through the slots <laughs> okay couldn't find a big envelope go around the corner keep going <laughs> I got it in so thank you very much thank you for the team that came out yes you're more than welcome to join us next time wonderful thank you Mary Ellen <laughs> wonderful <laughs> Good, and just to follow up to what Helena said, we've got a, uh, an email Monday morning from Lieutenant Darrell at the Salvation Army. He said, thank you so much for praying for our ministry yesterday morning and for being obedient to the Holy Spirit's leading. God's timing is perfect. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. What wonderful words. What wonderful words. Good. Who else has something to share? 
Christopher, come on up. If you're not comfortable coming up, uh, I can come to you, but I know you're all comfortable coming up. So. <laughs> Good. Hey, Christopher, how'd it yeah, go? Uh, well, uh, I felt like it went well. I wouldn't say it was a deeply spiritual conversation that I had. I went to the nursing home, my, my wife and I, uh, entered the room with an uh, elderly woman and, and shared her joys and pains and just, you know, were able to just be there for her. Uh, one of her sadnesses was that one of her daughters had completely broken off contact. Uh, and I just was imagining how, how difficult that would be. Um, and how much those family relationships mean to you, especially in the, the, your, your twilight years. Uh, but she described when she was young that she grew up, and one of the most important relationships in her life was her grandparents. And, of course, at that time, they lived in the home with them. Um, and so instead of the elderly folks being sad and lonely and isolated, like she's feeling now in the nursing home, um, they were taking care of children and they were helping, you know, they were processing their own experiences of life, but also telling stories and, and being just a central character in the lives of these kids that are growing up. Uh, and, and a big part of them reaching adulthood and becoming effective adults. Uh, she, and she told her story of her and her husband and how industrious they had been and all the the things they did themselves and how self-sufficient they were. And, um, it makes me long for us as a culture to be more connected, and I think about uh, how the church is supposed to be just like that. Um, you know, that the, uh, the, the, the older women should be teaching the younger women, and the, the older men should be teaching the younger men, um, and how our job is never done until... Until, until we go see Jesus. Um, and it, it just made me think about that if as a society we're becoming more and more disconnected because we can, because we've got the money to move out and move away and, and, and allow these important relationships to just fade um, or be broken, um, that we as the church would be the change agent in our culture to reverse that and, and rebuild and bridges that have been broken and burned um, in our society and, and how important that is for, for, uh, for holding back the dark, darkness and shining a great light. So. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Great. Who else has a story to share? And again, I want to remind you, I'm quite comfortable standing here looking at you. It doesn't bother me one bit. I can just keep going and going. Okay, Tom, why don't you come on up too? You say hi to Jim Block. Oh, yeah. Hey, Jim. I went to the nursing home also, and uh, I've been fighting depression for a while. Mm -hmm. I felt I just needed to do something. So I went in there thinking, well, I can go in there and talk to people. That's not a real difficult thing. First lady I went in to visit, she's having a discussion with one of the helpers, and she's very agitated. 
got on the phone and was talking to her husband, trying to figure out something with a, a neck pillow. I thought, well, this isn't going real well. So I just excused myself. I said, if you got things going on, I'll come back. Went to the next lady. That didn't work out. I thought, what am I doing here? I can't even talk to these people. Went back to that first lady, and she's a whole different person. I just went in there and just said, hi, how, how are things going? You get things worked out with the neck pillow. I just decided to be myself and not worry about trying to force things. Ended up having a nice conversation with her, and another one of the helpers came in, and we were talking and just sharing life. And it, it, I think I was ministered more to yeah. than those people because it yeah. got my mind off my, my own problems and shared with other yeah. people. I tried to bring joy into their lives. I'm looking at these people. I talked to one gentleman that was bedridden because he had surgery on his ankle and they messed up the surgery and had to have it redone the next week. So I just talked talk to him about fishing and different things that he enjoyed. Just be, was there for the people. And I realized that my problems aren't the only ones out there. Mm -hmm. I need to get my eyes off myself and look at people. So I think I was ministered more to those people. But they were so happy just to have our group come in, just to spend a little bit of time. And I kept thinking as I'm walking out, I hope I don't forget these people and not show up for another year. But they need it every, every week. They need someone to come and just share Jesus with them. I prayed with one person. I didn't, I didn't even talk about Christ or anything except for letting them know that the church was going out being the church. And they thought that was a great idea. So that, that's all I wanted to really share in my heart was that sometimes when you're having problems, go out and serve. It'll get your mind off yourself and onto Christ. Wow. Really good job. Thank you, brother. Fantastic words. True, isn't it? How many of you that participated were touched yourself as you went out to touch others? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Tom. Good to see you. Thanks. Uh, great story that finished up uh, the Ortiz Project was um, one of the first days that Bob and I met, or that I met the Ortizes. Uh, we got into an immediate conversation where... Um, Faith was being questioned and God was being questioned and all that. And then you fast forward to our last encounter with them uh, on a Tuesday night. And we were, Bob and I were pretty tired and anxious to get home and we were headed for the door and Estella stopped us at the door and she said, we're going to pray, right? <laughs> and we stopped and said, of course we're going to pray and thank you for reminding us. We felt pretty embarrassed actually. And uh, I said, Estella, why, why don't you pray? And she said, I could never pray. She says, I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't give thanks. And then she prayed. <laughs> and she prayed and gave thanks for all the workers wow. and for all of, the, all of the materials and just the, 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 the job and stuff like that. And it was, just, again, it was just such a reminder of the fact that for us, you know, these things just, you, you do them and you hope it has an impact, but for Estella to talk about the impact it had on her faith was was really neat. And the, uh, the other part of the story that I'd like to tell is that um, we got done with the tiling uh, 
on, on Sunday night, and I went back to take an inventory um, toward the end, and um, I expected there to be boxes of tile. There were three tiles left, so the Lord knew exactly how much materials we needed to. Wonderful. Good. Hmm? Everly's cute. Great. We're going to talk about the Ortiz in just a moment. Anyone else like to share? Becky? Good. Anybody else? That way we can kind of get a couple here and we'll finish up our time together. Good. Can you say hi to Becky? Hello. I also went to the nursing home. Um, when I was in high school, I actually volunteered there and helped out with the activities director. So I've always kind of been drawn to the elderly and thought, well, I can strike up a conversation pretty easily. Um, I walked the halls, too, trying to find a room that somebody was either available to talk to. Um, didn't have much luck there, so I went to the dining room where they were setting up for bingo. And I found a lady sitting by herself, and her name was Ruth. And it was harder than I thought to start a conversation with somebody who didn't remember things and um, finally got her talking about some things and found out that she was raised in a Christian home, had attended uh, Bethlehem and went to, to church there as well. And, and I asked her, you know, what did you like to do growing up? What was your favorite thing? She said, I love to read. And I said, well, did you read the Bible growing up? Oh, yeah. Every day we, we read the Bible, we prayed, and I said, when's the last time you read the Bible? She said, it's, it's been a long time. Mm. And um, found out we have the same birthday, mm. and she's going to turn 90. <laughs> so that was pretty encouraging. Um, the thing that struck my heart most was she asked me, I said, do you talk to God? Do you pray to him? She said, no, because I really don't want to let him know that he's not doing a good job. <laughs> and he's not doing his job. And I was like, whoa, okay. And what is he not doing that you think he should be? She's like, well, why am I here? My daughter's in another state. My son lives in Madison, and I don't see them. Mm -hmm. My husband is gone. What am I doing here? And I didn't know what to say. <laughs> And there was an interruption, so that was good. And what I, what I realized was she needs to get back in the Word. And I plan on buying her a Bible today, and I'm going back to see her. I'd like to see her on a regular basis and read to her and to help her understand her purpose for being here yeah. and God's purpose for her being here. So I was definitely blessed yeah. by Bye, yeah. Thank you, Becky. Terrific. And Pastor Chris. I just want to share real quick um, and encourage the people that maybe didn't go, maybe you couldn't make it, or maybe you got some fears or anxieties about going out and doing things like this. But for me, when we were in that, that uh, jail cell and the doors closed behind you, I'm telling you, the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up because I've been in jail before. And, uh, in fact, Don said something. He never got caught. Well, I got caught, but I didn't get caught with the th things that I should have been caught with, and I could have spent 10 or 15 years in prison. 
But I want to encourage you because when we went there, the Holy Spirit definitely was working. And when you go out and trust in Jesus to do things through you, the Holy Spirit shows up. And when everybody shared, it was like, yeah, everything worked out the way God wanted it to. But there was one older man there, and I noticed his eyes. He was so intent in listening to what we were saying. And then afterwards, he was holding his Bible, and he was just shaking. He said, I can't put it down. I can't put it down. And I said, don't put it down. This is exactly what, where God has you, and this is what he wants for you. The word of God means life. And we have it, but we need to share it with other people. We can't do it inside a building. We have to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus, and he wants us to do it now, not later. We don't have to wait for another faith in action. We can keep going back. I, I appreciate what she just said. She's going back. Go back. Go back to where God used you and do it again, and he'll show up, and you'll see lives transformed before your very eyes. It's awesome. All right. All right. <laughs> Great. The impact that it has both on us and our community is significant. I want this, we want this to be part of who we are, our identities at church, in our DNA. Uh, Southside exists to connect with God, each other, our community, and our world. This is just one tool to do that. 